I'm Heidi Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. You can also join me for my live show five days a week, 9 a.m. to noon on AM 670 KMZQ. If you forget all that, you can also check out HeidiHarris.com, where my books are up there, blog posts, obviously podcast archives, and there's a link to listen live to the show from anywhere at HeidiHarris.com. I'm thrilled every week to welcome Dr. Kelly Victory, president of Victory Health, to the Heidi Harris Show. She's always great to answer our questions about vaccines, about COVID-19, about long haulers and the symptoms they have. Here's my chat with Dr. Victory this week from my live radio show. The politics of life. The Heidi Harris Show on AM 670 KMZQ. Good morning. How you doing? Glad you're here. I always look forward to my chats every week with Dr. Kelly Victory. She is so kind to share her time with all of us. We call it Medical Monday. How are you, doctor? I'm well, Heidi. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. All right, let's talk a little AstraZeneca. They're saying that they can guarantee pretty much 100% that you're not going to suffer uh, severe side effects from you know from getting COVID. That's better than the other ones do, right? Well, I, that's what they're saying. Unfortunately, <laughs> AstraZeneca uh, has, has had some pretty significant uh, severe side effects. And the trials, the use of AstraZeneca, uh, that vaccine has been pulled in many European countries. Uh, interestingly, the United States is giving, quote-unquote, giving away a whole lot of AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine to both Canada and Mexico. They're giving 2.5 wow. million doses to Mexico and 1.5 million to Canada, um, which I think reflects sort of how, how people are feeling, unfortunately, about the AstraZeneca vaccine. That's interesting. Let's go to Dr. Kelly Victory. She's the president of Victory Health. That's interesting. So, you know, we have lawyers here. Mexico, you take this. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, with all of these vaccines and uh, Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca, None of them are FDA approved. They're all being used under an emergency use authorization. And people should know uh, that they have no recourse right. if they end up having a bad outcome. I'm not suggesting that if you feel that it's right for you, I absolutely respect everyone's decision uh, to take the vaccine if they think that it's the right thing for them and if they're in a high enough risk category where it makes sense. But I do think people should be informed about what they're getting into and understand that the vaccines are entirely experimental at this point and that you don't have any recourse if you have a bad outcome. AstraZeneca in particular has been worrisome because it's been associated with a higher risk than the others of forming blood clots. And it was on that basis that it, uh, the trials were stopped in many European countries, as I said, and the United States is very nice in being willing to give away to other countries a uh, vaccine that I think they have some concern about. Absolutely. So Dr. Kelly Victory, president of Victory Health. She joins us every Monday on Medical Monday. Uh, you know, it's interesting, too, when you when you see these people who are getting this vaccine and many of them are having problems with the second dose for some reason, more so than the first dose. Any comments on that or any ideas why that would be the case? Yeah, my guess. And again, I'm just postulating. Um, because they did not test this vaccine on people who have existing antibodies to COVID-19, meaning anybody who had the virus and recovered, and we know that upwards of 100, probably 150, 180 million Americans have actually already had COVID, 
Um, the vaccines were not tested on people with existing antibodies. And it's my guess that the people who are having a worse go of it with the vaccine are people who may have already had COVID, have existing antibodies or some degree of underlying immunity because they were exposed to the virus in the past and that they are having the uh, the worst side effects when they get particularly that second shot. Mm. Um, again, I'm just, that's a postulation on my part, but I'm guessing um, it, I would have felt far more comfortable had these vaccines been tested on people who have existing antibodies. And frankly, if you already had COVID, one might question why you're getting vaccinated in the first place, because we know that those antibodies are lasting at least nine to 12 months. And even after the antibodies trail off, you should be left with what we call humoral antibody or T-cell, it's humoral immunity, excuse me, or T-cell immunity. So I'm not sure why people who already uh, had uh, the, the virus would be rushing off to get vaccinated in the first place. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I have a friend who just did this the other day, and I said, you, I don't, you know, you know what? I don't even know what to say, Dr. Victory. I really don't. I uh, got a texture question here. Should I feel more comfortable with the J&J vaccine because it was produced differently and tested differently from the other vaccines? Yeah, in general, again, it, it again is it, it's experimental. It's being used only under the emergency use authorization. That said, I feel far more comfortable with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine because it uses the more traditional vaccine technology, meaning it uses DNA that is carried in with another virus, an adenovirus that has been rendered incapable of causing disease versus the, um, the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines, which use messenger RNA. We have never in the history of medicine, unfortunately, had a safe messenger RNA vaccine. All of the previous attempts to make one for other diseases have been pulled because of, frankly, uh, pretty devastating side effects. So while I'm hopeful that that won't happen with the COVID vaccines, um, I personally feel more comfortable with Johnson & Johnson because it uses that more traditional vaccine technology. Yeah, talk a little bit more about that. We're speaking with Dr. Kelly Victory, president of Victory Health. She joins us every Monday for Medical Mondays. Uh, people who've not heard us every week may not realize that this messenger RNA type of vaccine has been tried before. Talk a little bit about that and what kind of diseases they were trying to prevent with it. And, and you, as you mentioned, it's got had some side effects to it. And why were they able to suddenly get this through just because of the emergency use? Talk a little bit about the history there. Yeah, well, it has been used multiple times in the past and has had issues with uh, a number of different things, including what we call pathogenic priming, uh, where the messenger RNA vaccines have actually caused people to become sicker when they actually got uh, exposed to the, uh, mm. to the virus in the future because the antibodies that are produced end up not wiping out the virus, but actually help facilitate its entry into the cells. Uh, there have been lots of other complications with messenger RNA vaccines. And as I said, there's never been one that has, safe, has gotten through FDA approval. Uh, these vaccines were brought to market quickly because we were in the middle of a pandemic, but largely because they, uh, the vaccine uh, manufacturers attested to two things. Number one, they said in their early trials, they had reason to believe that they were effective. And more importantly, uh, they made the claim that there were no other options, meaning there were no other treatments. And I personally, as I, I think you people who follow me know, I don't believe that that is true. I believe that we have other effective, safe, um, inexpensive treatments for COVID-19, particularly if used early. 
We know that medications like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and zinc and vitamin D and azithromycin, we know that all of those things have been highly effective and we have a growing number of patients who have been treated effectively with those medications. So I think it was somewhat um, dishonest for these companies to say that there were no other medications available and that's the basis upon which they were allowed to come to market under an emergency use authorization rather than having been forced to go through the whole FDA process. Now, it may come to pass that one or more of them do get through the FDA process, and I hope that they do. Uh, I am absolutely not an anti-vaxxer. I'm not a a virus denier, and I'm not hoping that these vaccines fail at all. I simply would have preferred if they'd gone through the full process so that we know what the bad side effects could be, what the downstream side effects could be to people who have existing antibodies, to people who have underlying autoimmune diseases. What about pregnant women or lactating women? Those sorts of things. And those questions remain unanswered at this point. Yeah, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Victory. It's Medical Monday. She's president of Victory Health. And that's an interesting point, too, because my mom got it. Okay, and I I wasn't thrilled about it, but my mother has issues. And if she were to get this, she probably would die or very likely die from it. So in her case, I'm looking at it and saying, okay, it's better for you to not get the COVID than to get whatever. And she's 82 years old. And because of her situation, who knows, you know, I'd love to see her live another 10 years. I don't think that'll happen. So those are other things that people have to consider, too. But when a healthy person who has a 99% chance of surviving this goes to get it, you have to say to yourself, what's the point? Especially when you're still wearing a mask. I love the way Rand Paul took it to Fauci the other day. He's strutting around with a mask on, two masks on, after he's been vaccinated twice. What does that tell people? Well, you're precisely right, Heidi. And it comes down to a risk-benefit calculation. So as you point out, yes, your 82-year-old mother or somebody who has significant underlying comorbidities, who would be at significant risk from COVID, they have a different calculation than somebody who's, you know, a 40-year-old healthy person. Um, The risk to people under the age of 65, if they don't have comorbidities, is very, very low from the virus itself. So I'm not sure why you would choose to take an experimental vaccine uh, when you're at very low risk. The median age of deaths from COVID in this country remains 80, 80 years old. That's the median age. So we know that this remains a disease that targets primarily the elderly and that people who are younger and don't have comorbidities certainly have the luxury, if you will, of waiting a bit longer until we have more data in on these vaccines. And they can make that decision maybe in six or eight or you know 12 months from now. And yes, Rand Paul, God love him, did take it to Dr. <laughs> Fauci and point out the absolute hypocrisy. He called it what I have called it, which is theater. Uh, Dr. Fauci is fully vaccinated, yet he's parading around wearing two masks. <laughs> that defies everything we know about vaccine science, everything we know about immunology. And if you tell people, get vaccinated, but you still need to socially distance and wear masks, I don't know why in the world anyone would do it. I can't imagine either. Last question, Dr. Kelly Victory, of course, always here on Medical Mondays. We so appreciate your time. Talk to me about the long haulers, because there are people who claim there was a guy I heard about over the weekend who who committed suicide because he was dealing with long haul symptoms of COVID. I did not have those, but I know there are people who do. Talk to me a little bit about, or I guess we're guessing, why some people are affected long term with this and others not so much. Well, let's be very clear, Heidi. Many, many viruses 
have can have what we would term long haulers. We never used that phrase in the past. Right. But um, uh, think about things like mononucleosis, Epstein-Barr. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are the viruses that we associate with chronic fatigue, that some people get mononucleosis and get over it. Some people get Epstein-Barr and get over it in a short course. And other people have longstanding fatigue, muscle aches, body aches. There are viruses that can cause cardiac issues, not just COVID-19, but people can end up with, you know, um, enlargement of the heart or issues with the brain or the kidneys. So COVID-19 is not alone in its ability in some subset of people to cause long-term effects. The good news is they are generally self-limited and those long-term effects, even those generally will go away on their own over time. Why some people get them and others don't, we don't fully understand. But COVID-19 is not alone in this. Influenza does the exact same thing, frankly, at the exact same numbers of people. Some percentage of people will get influenza and have what we would now term long haulers, but it generally will go away after a period of some weeks or months. Interesting. Dr. Kelly Victory, always a privilege every Monday for you to join us on Medical Mondays and provide so much information to my audience. Thank you so much, doctor. Talk again next week. Always great talking with Dr. Victory, providing hashtag facts, not fear. Don't forget to join me for my live radio show weekday mornings, 9 to noon on AM 670 KMZQ. All the information's at HeidiHarris.com. You can also find a link to listen live to the show from anywhere in the country. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell.